Welcome to The Rundown, HSCP's podcast highlighting startups from around the Harvard community and beyond. I'm Catherine Liang, your host for today. I'm a sourcing analyst with HSCP and a student at the college. I'm here with Molly Breen, the founder and CEO of Paradby, a cloud-based platform that creates a custom firewall for every device on your network. Welcome, Molly. Hey, nice to see you. All right, let's get started. Could you tell us a bit about yourself and Perigee? Yeah, so my name is Molly Breen and Perigee, as you mentioned, is a security solution for connected devices. And before starting this company, I just graduated from Harvard Business School, both with a master's in engineering, but also the MBA degree. And before, work, before going to HBS, I was working at the NSA as a mathematician. All right, and can you tell us about what Perigee does? Perigee creates a custom firewall for every device in the network. But what does that actually mean? It essentially, our platform sits in front of every device, providing this one-to-one security for every device on the network. And think these are there are thousands of these devices on the network. And it learns each device's unique behavior, the quirks of that, of its operational environment. So who it typically talks to, how often it typically talks, and all to detect or intercept malicious and anonymous traffic. So this is important for security events, the big rise of ransomware and DDoS attacks, but also the events like an update to a device, which isn't inherently a bad thing, but at a bad time or even for particular devices can cause downtime or cause some type of unavailability in response to device traffic. And so we wanna be able to intercept that or anticipate it before it would ever reach the device and cause harm to the operations that it's connected to. Fantastic. So uh, Perigee works in the cybersecurity space then. So what inspired you to become an entrepreneur and why found this specific company? What inspired me to be an entrepreneur, I think, goes back to a time when I was working at the NSA and had the opportunity to work on a problem and take it from start to finish. Well, not really finish because no problems are ever done and it gets adopted and it goes on to be implemented agency-wide, but really to take it from what was a seed and essentially an idea that lived on paper to something that actually lived in somebody's hands and in a different organization than that of my own. And so it was through that that I remember going through some of the highest highs and lows of working on that problem and working with those teams that I continue to build with that gave me the motivation and the inclination to think, is there somewhere outside of the NSA and outside of this agency that I could go and do this full time and for in the everyday spirit? And that was what being an entrepreneur really meant to me at that, at that point and provided me that inspiration. Awesome. Yeah, we really admire that kind of intellectual freedom and creativity. So what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned so far as an entrepreneur? I think one of the biggest lessons that I have learned is that is the importance of relationships, I think, and not just networking for the sake of networking, but really understanding that every relationship is a two-way street. So much of entrepreneurship is not just... uh, 
not just a pull from other things, you know, the way that sitting, so I was working before in industry and so much of work in industry is somebody handing you work. So you're pulling it from somebody else and delivering it back. But in entrepreneurship, it really is a push of pushing up, pushing something up a hill, pushing something forward. And in, and that comes back to the importance of relationships because you can't just rely on them to give you something, give you work, give you next steps, but also to be pushing something forward, both from your own company's perspective, but also if there's something that is useful to them. And I've been really thinking about even though I'm young and even though I'm an entrepreneur and, um, and maybe I don't have a lot to offer that there is something you can always offer to anybody, whether there's somebody who's been in industry for two years or for 20 years, and that I need to apply the same, the same tenacity that you apply to pushing your problem forward, that you're doing the same with pushing relationships forward in a way that's beneficial to not just you, but that to the, to the other person as well. Absolutely. Uh, communication and teams are so important in this space. Do you have, uh, how has COVID changed how you approach this kind of connection? Mm. Do you have any fun stories of how you tried to overcome this? I think that COVID in some, so COVID is actually, I mean, there's I, some silver linings to COVID would be your a, the ability to get meetings with people that you typically wouldn't otherwise be able to get meetings with or would have to be on their calendar for three or four months or a cold email that somebody might not have responded to, but now people might be a little more open to it. So there's some examples of where I've had a little bit more time to LinkedIn stalk people or actually if I read an article about somebody actually trying and cold emailing them after reading that article and have become really fortunate of forming some relationships with others simply because we have more time and we have the ability to we have more time and we have the ability to engage, maybe not for 30 minutes, though people actually do up more often than not say yes to 30, but even if it's just for 15 or 20, um, I've really wanted to create space in my day for those interactions in part because we're not having the same interactions that you might have around a coffee machine or at a, at a networking event in the evening. That is awesome to hear and definitely a trend in COVID right now. Uh, colleges, industry all over the place, I think people are finding ways to connect beyond just in person. And now for our next question, if you could have dinner with any person dead or alive, who would it be and why? The person who I would love to be able to have dinner with is Reese Witherspoon. And the reason is, is she is essentially some is essentially an entrepreneur at heart, somebody who I think has done a lot, you know, everyone knows for her from Legally Blonde and being an, a really great actress, but She's gone on to really create a space in the industry for other women. And if you don't know, but she's she's created her own production studio and the whole thing is getting female authors and their books and then performing female authors and then creating TV shows or movies about from those books and then casting, of course, women in them. And, and so it's essentially this really opened a lot of space for both female authors to have a voice, female actresses to have a voice. And then the stories themselves have just created a lot of discussion around them, whether, you know, you could, you could go into them. But, um, but that's somebody who I just think has really taken 
what she was really good at and actually not just done well to be a role model. She's not just a role model for other actresses, but created space for more to come in after her, which I just think is an amazing thing, even though I'm not a good actress or whatever, do anything in, in that type of industry. But I think it's, it sets a really good example. Absolutely. It's not just about doing your job. It's about creating space for others and uplifting others. Um, Reese Witherspoon, that is definitely very interesting. All right. So what do you think is something people seem to misunderstand about your job or your company? I think one thing that people seem to misunderstand, I feel like I'd answer this for both. So I'll, I'll maybe give an answer for each. So one thing people seem to misunderstand about the company is we essentially can protect all legacy and new devices. And sometimes I hear that going after legacy devices is something that is somehow less cool than going after the new devices. So when I say devices, I'm talking about internet of things. I'm talking about in an enterprise setting, the thermostats and the humidifiers, also door elevator buttons and door access controls. And we go after both the, the modern and the legacy. And sometimes um, people think that going after legacy means you're sort of, you're going after a market that's getting smaller. And I think what's really elegant and, and, and really interesting about the connected device space is that the legacy device market is growing, that new devices today become legacy tomorrow and legacy continue to, to perpetuate on the network. So that's one that I, I really see this market as just being exponential and growth on every single way um, with the new devices being turned over, but also just the number of devices growing. To go back to your question around, you know, what's something people might misunderstand about the job? I think, hmm, um, I guess I would never have been, there's no way to really prepare yourself for just the fact that there's no formula for your job. And I'm a mathematician at heart. I very much, and I, you know, I'm a mathematician at heart. And I very much want to be able to look back to like, what have others done before and how can I improve on that going for further and learn from it. But, and, and of course at HBS, we studied the case method, which is essentially, you know, if you're in a particular class, that's almost what feels like 20 different formulas for the way of doing something. And even with all those 20 different formulas or the formulas of all entrepreneurs to come before me, I still feel that every situation that I'm in is unique and has its own unique set of variables that that instead of just controlling for one and asking yourself, how is the situation different? Every single variable has changed. So I've really been needing to teach myself that I can't just look for a formula and I really need to start thinking about how do I trust my gut? What, what are the things I can use going forward but not look to a formula as a, as a crutch to make any type of decision? Wow, that is fantastic to hear this idea that there is really in entrepreneurship, no right answer. You come up with your own. Mm -hmm. And it is definitely very uh, important to know that the legacy market is growing. Um, intuitively, that makes sense after you think about it, but that's definitely a misconception that I think many people would have. So wonderful, all right. If you could turn back the time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? What advice would you give to, an, to aspiring entrepreneurs? 
18, I certainly believed that to go into business, you needed to have some type of business degree. I had a very linear way of thinking that if you wanted to get in the same way that if you were going to get a master's in computer science or a master's in math, which is what I had to my undergrad, then you'd have to do your undergrad in those different, in those different majors. Similarly, if you were going to get an MBA, you had to have had some type of business degree as an undergrad. So whether that's economics or actually a major in business and, and I think that isn't to say that 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 isn't true. You certainly can go get an MBA with a, with a degree in business as an undergrad, but I, at 18, I would have told myself that you don't need to be siloed into a certain industry simply because you did your, your undergrad in that. And I would have thought it took me a long time to realize that getting some type of business degree or even just going into business, like we're not just talking about academia anymore. Uh, you don't necessarily need a business degree that any type of discipline that makes you a better thinker and can make you more creative is all is becomes your advantage when you go and start a company. And I certainly thought that I was going to be on the developer um, ladder for the rest of my life or the mathematician ladder for the rest of my life. And I wasn't really thinking about how those skills were going to let me go into another industry later on. And I would have wanted that advice a lot sooner. Absolutely. Could you tell us about what you studied in undergrad? Yeah, I was a math and computer science double major in undergrad. I really loved, at that point in time, I really loved graph theory and I really, which is essentially the intersection of math and computer science where you're using algorithms and mathematical models to, and, and using computer science to make the analysis of those models that much more efficient. And I really enjoyed that on large data sets and it was a lot of the foundation for why I wanted to work at the NSA and work with large data sets and, and come up with answers or at least come up with um, things that come up with reasoning and a set of answers to then make some judgment off of. That is very cool and definitely interesting to hear that your experience, I'm assuming, in math and computer science really has been playing to your strength as you started this company. All right. Uh, so on that, and on that note, what's the future going to offer for you and your company? I think of it all comes down to people. And so both growth and hiring the team. So we've talked a lot about engineering and I'm looking to be hiring at least two engineers at this point in time, though that number wants to be exponential going into the, into the future. Um, but two right now, one machine learning engineer and one software engineer. And then again, going back to people, bringing on additional customers. So we've been working with one uh, chief information security officer so far at a hospital to protect their environmental controls. So think their HVAC system. And so I'll say that one more time because there was a ding. So we are, the other one being working with people and working with a chief information security officer at a hospital to protect their environmental controls. So think the HVAC systems, the elevator buttons, the stuff that I was mentioning before, simply because it's so top of mind right now. But we're looking to expand that into a couple other different industries at this point in time. So in addition to hospitals, working with data centers and universities, since they all rely on HVAC as a really critical nature to their business operations, not just during COVID, but even during non-COVID times, think in a data center, 
how important keeping the servers are, keeping those servers cool becomes to the rest of their operations. So that's a little bit about the near term, but then of course, long-term wanting to bring out, expand to all different industries that rely on connected devices, IOT devices as part of their critical operations. That is incredible. Uh, just the rise of IOT and just all these devices in our lives there's just so much concern about security. So it's great to hear how generalizable your company is. All right, uh, what do you consider your greatest accomplishment or your greatest strength? Greatest strength, I think, and I'm not gonna, I think this is the greatest strength relative to me, though I believe that if you ask any entrepreneur, I'm sure they have this, this really similar superpower, but I've always felt that I can, I, I can make relationships with people really easily. And that's something that I really enjoy is meeting new people and creating relationships and making them something that becomes, like I said earlier, something that's not just transactional, but actually mutual beneficial. And, and that just becomes so important to, to building a company is, is the people in which you build it with and the people in which you can create trust with. And that is, something I really enjoy doing. And one reason why I wanted to do this job on a day-to-day -day basis, but also I'd like to think that, I'd like to think people enjoy making relationships with me at least a little bit so that, um, but I've always felt that that's something that I'm good at at least a little bit. I would definitely say that is a strength <laughs> of yours um, and so important. So that's fantastic. Um, and I think a lot of people in entrepreneurship think that like a really technical mind or a creative mind is important, but definitely the interpersonal side is super great and just amazing. All right. And uh, for what in life are you most grateful for? This is a big question. <laughs> it is. Thinking about in all of my life, what am I most grateful for? I mean, I'm probably, you know, starting to sound redundant when I come back to people, but I've been recently really thankful for the people in my life, particularly the support system. Starting a company is a really lonely job. And I, that's not something that was something that someone else told me and, and let me know that this is a, a lonely path to go down, but I've never felt alone in the sense of the word because of really close friends. You know, for example, I have another there's another female entrepreneur who's a, a close friend of mine who we just chat on a bi-weekly basis or every other week that's bi-weekly basis that about whatever we're going through, whether it's personal or professional. And that sense of community has always helped along in this journey. And then of course, people in your life who are not necessarily, not necessarily in your life because of the business, but just in your life because they love and take care of you. And that's another really important thing that I mean, COVID has certainly brought to light, but even, even along the time, along the journey, I've just felt like those people have been really great listeners for me and have been a huge support system that I'm really grateful for. On that note, we're asking a fun question to all of our founders. Uh, if you could have just a really wonderful or lovely day with the people in your life, what would that look like? This is an interesting question because I'm thinking about what would a lovely day look for? Is this is this, you know, my birthday where I'm picking everything I want to do? Or is this the day where I'm making everyone happy and we're sort of doing something mutually beneficial? I really love, I, I really love to run and I really love, 
you know, being active. So I think it would start with a hike and, you know, some, you know, some type of hike, not too hard because then everyone gets cranky, but like just enough that everyone gets their heart pumping. And it would also include some type of picnic and coffee. I'm just a huge, I'm just a huge coffee connoisseur. So it would have some, it would end with probably a fancy coffee shop and uh, the hike would at least. And then I think there would be probably some type of after the hike, there'd probably be some type of grilling outside and sitting around and talking. Eventually it would get dark and there'd be Christmas lights lit up over you, stuff like that. And maybe some Taylor Swift playing in the background. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Do you have any opinions or hot takes on Taylor Swift's folklore album? I, I really love it. I personally was not done with the Lover album. I really still was listening to it on repeat through that and then just had to keep up and keep listening on folklore. So I, I'm still listening to Lover and Folklore in intermixed because I just love them both so much. So I'm, I'm taking my time. They mix well, they definitely do. Um, and that day sounds lovely. Hopefully <laughs> we'll be able to get back out there in a non-socially distanced way yeah. soon. And Molly, thank you so much for talking with us today. Best of luck for the future and everything you do. Yeah, thanks so much. All right.